Hey everybody, welcome back. It's the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Bidon, joined by, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the fantasy master Lothario, the one you're here for, Gray Albright. How you doing over there, Gray? Uh, I'm good, man. I, uh, I, I just got called up to the Yankees, but I'm going to be sitting on the bench. Sorry. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I've only been in the minors for 17 years. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, no, I'm doing good, man. It's, uh, it's good to talk to you. We're, uh, we're talking again. I feel like I just talked to you, uh, like three days ago because I did. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm heading on vacation, so we're doing a little little early show just to make sure we don't don't leave people hanging here in the most important part of the season. Um, I mean, right. B Don's going to Hilton Head. Yep, gonna go gonna go party in South Carolina, and by party I mean I'm gonna play golf and sit on the beach. So <laughs> yeah. Crazy fun partying for for beat on, but yes, it'll be it'll be a week of of no podcasting. So this uh, is what you get instead, and uh, hopefully you've made your way to the YouTube channel because we're releasing that one early. So if you want to hear about uh, anything early, we're gonna pretty much post that whenever it's ready to go. So uh, that one's always gonna be up early. So go subscribe to that, and you'll get the news, the information. That way, you can also get. Get it before you have to make your Sunday claims where this week. Would, uh, where would where would this uh, subscription where 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 would this be? Just so uh, I, I believe that it. would be youtube.com slash mm. Rasball Fantasy. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, it does sound fun. Yeah. Uh, it sounds almost as fun as if Josh Jung actually got called up to the majors, Gray. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's he's of all the people we said like we don't think he's getting called up. We don't think he's getting called up. We're like, we think Josh Jung's, you know, on the, on the plus side of getting called up of, of most of the people. And we have yet to see him. It is uh, Friday, September 2nd. So it's still possible, you know, maybe they were just delayed. They didn't want to bring him up until, I don't know, an exciting Tuesday game. I, I don't, I don't know, Gray. <laughs> um, but Josh Jung's been great so far. He was, he did, he was hurt to start the season. So, only 18 games on the season, but he has six home runs already in those eight games. He's hitting 300. Like he's he's done great stuff. Are we gonna see him? Probably not, right? Also, I, well, the Rangers do have Charlie Akuberson at third base, so I don't know, guys. It's pretty important, we gotta, Gray. <laughs> we got to see what the 33 year old Charlie Kuberson's got in him. Uh, yeah, I like uh, I like how we start each podcast with you making me aggravated. That always makes for a fun podcast. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, what, like uh, okay, so let's think about this because I said something like uh, okay, so let's backtrack. So I I saw John Daniels got uh, fired, like I want to say like three weeks to a month ago, and I said something online like, oh, it's uh, the next guy to go is Chris Young. And everyone was like, no, no, John Daniels, the team president in Texas, by the way. No, he got fired so Chris Young could run the place. And I'm like, mm, okay. I mean, people know – some people know the Rangers better than I do. So it's like, you know, I'm not going to argue with Rangers fans. I mean, if that's what they think, if that's what's going on, all right, fine. But isn't Chris Young the reason why they went out and spent $500 million this past offseason and they still have a losing club? Like, I don't get – I don't understand the love for Chris Young, to be honest. And then, like, now, three weeks later, it's his team. I mean, there's no one else to blame there. It's like you're Chris, – it's Chris Young's it, – it's his uh, – It's I was going to say <laughs> it's his boat. To, to drive into the uh, the jetty, the jetty. Excuse me, the the jetty. <laughs> your uh, your jetty's here, uh, sir. Um, yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's Chris Young's uh, ship. So if he wants to like sail it into the rocks, I guess fine. Uh, I don't know how he's gonna get into that little uh, area where the captain is though, because he's too tall. But that's you know that's, that's beyond the point. <laughs> that's, that's irrelevant for this analogy. What I'm saying is like, fine, it's Chris Young's team, great. So why doesn't he bring up Josh Young then? If it's his team, like if everyone's like, no, now it's Chris Young's team. Uh, okay, fine. If you want to believe that, 
then why is Josh Jung still in the minors? Why is he still in AAA? Like, he's going to be next year, assuming he doesn't get called up this year, which, I, I mean, I guess maybe, like you uh, joked around uh, earlier about how he might get called up for a random Tuesday game, I guess, possibly. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he gets called up still. But why wouldn't they call him up when the roster's expanded on September 1? So the fact that he hasn't been called up, I'm assuming he's not getting called up. And if that's the case, why? Why wouldn't he get called up? Like, he's going to be 25 years old to start next season. Dude's no longer young, man. I mean, (laughs) he's still young. He's not young. Uh yeah, and that's also with Chris Young. That is very confusing <laughs> now that I think about it. But, I mean, seriously, though, like, why is he still in the minors? And if he is going to be in the minors, like, these are valuable major league at-bats he could be getting in September. Like, I don't get it. Like, you know, there's one thing who, um, you know, Corbin Carroll, who we uh, discussed on the last show, the Diamondbacks are slow playing his at bats, which you know to go on a to go on a, a small detour. Uh, another rant, yeah. In the uh, in the recent CBA, they came up with this thing where is if uh, a guy starts the year with the team, then he's going to you know, and he wins the or if he comes in the top three for rookie of the year, then the team gets draft picks. They get extra draft picks if the guy is if the guy comes up and starts the year with the team. What, what I don't know if they necessarily thought about was that this is now suppressing guys in a different way where now like a guy like Corbin Carroll is not getting everyday at-bats because the Diamondbacks want him to make sure he has rookie of the year eligibility next year, the start of the year. Which, you know, I mean, I actually, I think the Diamondbacks are smart for doing that. I think it's kind of screwed up. And also I think it's a, it's a flaw with this new CBA but, you know, I mean, I guess the Rangers could be doing that with Josh Chung, but they could just do like the Diamondbacks are doing with Corbin Carroll and bring up Chung and then sit him if he's getting too close to exceeding rookie eligibility. Like, it really makes no sense why Josh Chung's in the minors. Like, it absolutely – I for the life of me, I can't understand it. He was ready last year. Forget forget now. He was He was ready a year and a half ago. Like, it's really crazy. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the he was he was injured, so that was part of it. But yes, I I don't know why he's not up either. I mean, we know. I I mean, I guess I do know the reason. The reason is that the Rangers aren't in it, and like you said, they they want if they're going to call him up early and, and kind of take that gamble, they want to make take the run at Rookie of the Year. Um, I, I think there's a little bit difference in in the September service time now that now that they've cut down from the the old 40 man expansion to just 28 so there is a little bit different th- difference there like you mentioned with Corbin Carroll um like I said they, and you mentioned you know maybe they want to have Jung open at home that would be next Friday so that would be the really the only other possibility I can think of for why he's not up with the club right now that's ridiculous if that's the reason I'm not saying that's not the reason. Like, you could be right, but if that is the reason, that is so ludicrous. Like, what is – like, like what are we doing? Are we running a team or are we doing fan giveaways? <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> that would be so ridiculous if it's like, oh, yeah, let's keep our, our top prospect down in the minors so our fans can see him first. Like, what, our fans don't have televisions? Is that what you're saying? Because <laughs> you're insulting our fans if you're saying they don't have TVs. <laughs> I don't know, Gray. There's a lot of blackouts out there. We we some of us don't get to watch our own teams. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I guess they're they're like our fans might have TVs, but the ones that do, surveys are saying that they don't have cable. So uh, I'm sorry, we can't let them come up yet. Okay. <laughs> It's so dumb. Uh, I mean, the whole it, thing is so stupid. It is. It is. It'd be great if we could just get players up when they're ready, and that would just be how it goes. But let's move on to some players that actually have gotten the call up that we're gonna see, um, and, and let's talk about what they can do. You know, this season, and really kind of look look towards next year uh, with a lot of these guys. Uh, first is Gunnar Henderson. We've talked about him briefly on the last two podcasts. 
we didn't necessarily think he'd get the call, but here we are. He got the call, uh, and he's—I mean—he's been great this year. He's—he's he's kind of boosted his stock quite a bit. I believe he was, you know, in the tw- late twenties, early thirties. In Itch's June update, he's now number two on his August post-draft update of prospects at Double A this year in forty-seven games. He had eight home runs, twelve stolen bases, hit three twelve, four fifty-two, five seventy-three. 18% K rate, a 19.7% walk rate at AAA in 65 games. He had 11 home runs, 10 stolen bases. He hit 288, 390, 504. K rate went up slightly, but walk rate was also was still high at 13%. I mean, he's already up. He's hitting five or six the days he's been up. The prospectinator has him for 19 home runs, nine stolen bases, and a 239 average. I think the average on the minor league guys is always a little bit low on their first kind of appearance here. But outside of that, what are you thinking with Gunnar Henderson? I know we said spend all your fab last week with Carroll, but if you didn't get Carroll, spend all your fab now? <laughs> yeah, hopefully you didn't spend all your fab on Carroll because <laughs> Gunnar Henderson's even better. Uh, yeah, I thought, I mean, I honestly, I think we both thought Corbin Carroll was going to be the top prospect. I, I still, I'll say this though for Corbin Carroll, like he's kind of on the same page as Gunnar Henderson. Like it's sort of tomato, tomato when it comes to both of them. So if you did spend all your money on Corbin Carroll, it wasn't a total waste. All right. So don't, don't write us angry emails <laughs> or, or, or uh, start commenting on YouTube with uh, brownie faces. It's okay. It's all right, guys. Um, Gunnar Henderson. So, so this is what's, so um, I was like, you know, today I was, uh, today, Friday, um, the second, Friday, the second, ah! uh, I was challenged in the comments on Razball, um, not challenged, but uh, someone questioned my uh, my love for Gunnar Henderson, which is fine. Uh, Cram actually, Cram, who's in the uh, who's in our Pertz League, uh, longtime commenter. It wasn't really, it wasn't that much of a challenge. He was just sort of like, you know, he didn't think he wasn't as high on Gunnar Henderson. And Cram, I mean, he knows his stuff, so you know, I mean, he could be right. It, it didn't seem like he was as high on Gunnar Henderson than I. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm. I'm pretty high on him. So anyway, uh, I texted our uh, our previous podcast host, uh, now at Baseball America, um, Jeff, uh, who knows prospects as well as anyone. And I was like, hey, so I think Gunnar Henderson is Trevor's story without the uh, injury, uh, you know, without the all the injury history, you know, that Trevor Story has. And, uh, and Jeff was like, yeah, that's pretty spot on for a comparison. So, I mean, that's really good. I think that's like, you know, top 20 at least overall for a, you know, a big chunk of his career if he's uh, if he's able to stay healthy and on the field and do what we expect, you know, what everyone I think expects of Gunnar Henderson or at least um, or at least most. Um, so, yeah, like 30 15 to 20 30 homers 15 to 20 steals 280 average like you know and that's kind of like baseline like that's and that's really good um that's i think that's what gunner henderson's potential is for this year like with all these guys we're going to talk about you know i mean he could get hot for three weeks or he can go really cold for three weeks it's impossible to say how he's going to be with this first taste of the majors but we're, you know, long-term wise, Gunnar Henderson is, I think he's going to be a top 20, top 15 overall guy for like five to seven years, you know, assuming good health. Yeah, it sounds like you're maybe slightly higher on, on Gunnar than I am, but he has done some great things this year. He's really cut down the K rate. That was pretty much the, you know, that was the big thing on him was if he could control the strikeouts and he's done that. So, I mean, if, if that's fixed, he really can be just a, a you know, a five-category producer for you. I, I will say for those of you who spent all your fab on Corbett Carroll, other than the playing time concerns that we kind of talked about already, I am still perfectly happy with Corbin Carroll and wasting all of my fab on him if you got him. Because I do think Corbin Carroll is, you know, completely ready to hit the ground running. He has a little bit 
um, more of a track record, I would say, of, of being a patient hitter, of not having a strikeout problem. So uh, I think there's just – and I think the speed – in the speed department, Carroll has has Gunner. Like, Gunner stole 22 bases this year. That's, that's phenomenal. That's great. Uh, I don't think – I don't know if he's ever going to be like – 22 might be the most he ever puts up in, in the majors. Yeah. No, I mean, possibly, for sure. And watching Corbin Carroll – uh, which I did this week. He, um, you know, he's super yeah, he's fast, fast for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's really fast. Yeah, uh, he's got more speed than Gunnar Henderson. I think if anything, I think Corbin Carroll could be thirty thirty, and like I said before, Gunnar Henderson's probably thirty fifteen. So for sure, Corbin Carroll, uh, I think, has a little bit edge on Gunnar Henderson, uh, and also for like this year. We don't know, like, the Oreos are, like, I mean, this is probably, this might be irrelevant for people's leagues at this point, like, but at the, like, the last week or so of the season, if the Orioles get eliminated, I wouldn't be surprised if they start playing games with Gunnar Henderson's uh, playing time, too, because they're going to want him to have rookie eligibility to start next year, too. Like, it's not just Corbin Carroll that's going to run into this issue. Like, Gunnar Henderson, at some point, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're just resting them. And it's like, really? <laughs> You're resting them? Why? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Orioles, like, do something where they, like, bench them against lefties or something. Like, I could see that happening. I don't think it should, but I could see it happening because they're going to want rookie eligibility for him next year, too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I, I Again, I, I will have to look up how the, how the service time works in September now that they've adjusted – the 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 rosters i can't quite remember how that works now but that will well, be well if it's what i'm what i'm saying is i think what i think it is i'm pretty sure this is what it is too uh 130 at bats and you lose rookie eligibility so you want to stay under that uh that's what it's always been if that's changed you know i i comment on youtube or in the post and, and let us know that it's changed. But I think that's what it is. Okay. I know when it was the 40 man rosters, the, because those players couldn't go into the playoffs because it was 40 man rosters, their, their, their time that they were up in September didn't used to count, but I think they had made an adjustment when we, when we went to 28. Um, but again, I, I'm not sure. So yes, if somebody has clarity on that, Please comment, or I will look it up and let you all know uh, when we talk next. Um, but yes, I, I'm I'm perfectly fine with both those guys. They're both going to be phenomenal. I think you know on Gunnar Henderson, I think he's kind of Javi Baez, Trevor Story, like you said. And then when we're talking about Corbin Carroll, he might meet more Trey Turner. Yeah, yeah, could, potentially for sure. I I think Corbin Carroll might even have more power yeah. than Trey Turner. Um, and he's really fast. <laughs> I mean, Corbin Carroll is really good. So yeah, don't take anything I'm saying about Gunnar Henderson the wrong way. I, I think Corbin Carroll is also going to be a top 20 overall guy. Like I think Corbin Carroll is really good. Yeah. So, we're, yeah. we're talking about the one and two guy on itch's latest update. So high hopes for both. Let's move on to the next guy, Oswald Peraza. He got called up 90, number 96 on itch's list. Partially due, and, and he says this in his comment, that it's the path to playing time. He didn't know exactly how that happens. Um, to that extent, he's not playing today as we speak. But in AAA this year, he had 99 games, 19 home runs, 33 stolen bases, 259, 329, 448. He has hit 273 since July 1st. So after just kind of a sluggish start to the season, season he has kind of picked it up even more. Prospecting error has him down for 16 home runs. 22 stolen bases, 241, 294, 390. On Oswald Peraza, what are you doing with him this season? Uh, is he worth a pickup in, uh, I'll say, like a 15-team standard league? Or are we looking more, you know, day, uh, would have to be daily at that point? Uh, well, I mean, I guess it depends. Because, like you mentioned, the Yankees aren't playing him on uh, Friday the 2nd, uh, which is bizarre. I don't know why you bring up a guy and not play him. Like, it doesn't really make any sense. Uh, especially, like, they don't have anyone. I mean, they're playing Josh Donaldson. Like, at, at some point in, like, 
the last 10 years, the Yankees forgot what made them a 1990s powerhouse. Like, they they brought up, like, Posada, Jeter, uh, Mariano. Like, they were all in-house guys that they let, they let those prospects play. And at some point, they became, like, the Yankees became, like, this team that brings in, like, old, crappy Josh Donaldson types. And, like, <laughs> and they keep playing Aaron Hicks. It's like, guys, come on, man. I mean, you know better than that. Like, why would you play these guys? Like, you have all the money in the world. You brought them in on a, a deal, but that doesn't mean you have to uh, play them like it doesn't really like honestly it's kind of weird i don't know what's going on there but you know uh, like if Peraz is not playing then he's kind of like you know he's basically cj abrams <laughs> but if he is playing like if he's playing near every day at least or you know if you're in a daily league then you could sort of figure it out the day of but yeah, I like Peraza a lot if he's playing. Like he's got crazy speed. Like the you mentioned the steals and the minors. Like he's fast. Like he's another guy. And everyone, I mean, everyone needs steals. So yeah, I mean, he's got a little bit of pop. He's got good speed. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Peraza could definitely. He's actually really good. He's got good contact too. I kind of like Peraza better than Oswaldo Cabrera, and. They really they need to change Oswaldo or Oswald needs to change their name. <laughs> That's not gonna work for me. I'm sorry. I already have enough Luis Garcia's going around. I, I can't deal with now extra Oswaldos. <laughs> it's just not gonna work for me. Uh yeah, I mean, I think also with like Oswald Perez, he could like next year. If he gets the everyday playing to I mean, I you know, it's like it's hard to say with the Yankees. Because, like I said, they go out and they, like, bring in vets and it's and they never play their prospects. Like, Miguel Andujar had a breakout year, and they, he only did it because there was an injury. And then once the next year came, they benched him. Like, it was uh, – that was crazy. That's still crazy to me that Miguel Andujar never got playing time again after having a huge year. Um, yeah, I don't know. With uh, Like, I was going to say for next year, like, if Oswald uh, – Oswald Peraza or even Oswaldo Cabrera, if they have playing time, they're kind of interesting for next year. I don't know. It's their Yankees are so hard to trust when it comes to playing time for prospects that I don't think they're going to be really very high. Um, you know, drafted AD, ADP like uh, their draft price will probably be pretty low, if even at all, in shallower leagues uh, because. I don't know what their playing time will be, and I don't think anyone's going to know until, like, we get to, you know, next April and the Yankees actually look like they're playing one of the two guys. Um, but, yeah, I kind of – I like them a lot. If they have playing time, I'm I'm totally interested in them for next year too. Like, Oswald, Oswald Peraza is only 22 years old, and he just went – he hit 19 homers and stole 33 bags in AAA. <laughs> That's great. That's really good. I – I don't know. I, like that's excellent, and he's a uh, you know he's got great speed. Yeah, I'm I'm in on him. I just don't know their playing time to be honest. Yeah, I mean the Yankees have have Peraza, and then they also obviously have Volpe down in the minors, right. who also just got promoted to AAA. He's basically taking Peraza's spot, and so they have the middle infield of their future if they just you know would get rid of. Kiner Falefa and LeMahieu and Gleiber and, and everybody else that's there it just hogging those spots. I mean, LeMahieu's under contract for four more years till he's 38. So good job on that contract, Yankees. Um, but it's also the Yankees. They can just cut him. That's that's the benefit of having the money is they don't have to necessarily play him. So let's they just could, cut though. him. Like you say that, like they could. You say that. And I agree that they could. But then you see Aaron Hicks is getting playing time for like five years after the point when he shouldn't be getting playing time. Like Aaron Hicks should have been cut two years ago and they're still playing him. So it's like they can cut these guys, but they never do. <laughs> they just keep playing them. Yeah, I mean, he signed he signed that deal, what, three years ago? So he's probably got four years on his deal too left. So, 
Yeah, I mean, they're both sitting on contracts. They're both just wasting spaces, and it's the Yankees. Like, that's what this is supposed to buy you. That's what the Yankees' money is always supposed to have bought. Um, but now they like, just, even like just, if you I look at like even the ones that like Matt Carpenter really worked out well for them. But if you look at that deal, like even though it worked out, like that's putting you know that's like doing hindsight being 2020 like before that worked out for them and Matt Carpenter was brought in like looking at that you're like why don't you just bring up Peraza or Cabrera like why are you bringing Matt Carpenter in and then they brought in Marwin Gonzalez like they bring in these guys and you're like what are you guys doing bro (laughs) like what are you doing man it doesn't make sense like why are you bringing in all these guys and like I said like Carpenter worked for them but it's not like it's not it's not good process to bring in like the thirty six year old. <laughs> it's just not great. I don't know. Anyway, no, no, it's it's really not good process. And uh, you know, you think with an organization that really only matters if you win win the title. Like that's all that matters for the Yankees. So you know, making the playoffs isn't a thing for them like it is some organizations. Um, you'd think they'd be a little bit more motivated to get some of these guys up. But here we are. You know, this, the, actually, the place where you are, in Georgia, the Braves are, are really smart with how they run their franchise. Like, you see, like, like the league is run by 27-year-olds and younger. Like, it's not a 35-year-old league. And, like, the Braves have uh, really brought in, like, they bring up their prospects really fast. They let them play. They give them some money. And, you know, it's like, I mean, the Braves are really, they're showing what people should be doing. Instead, it's like and the Yankees, and they go out and get Matt Carpenter. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why he was available. I mean, it's fine. I mean, he hit well when he was when he was healthy with the Yankees, but it's like. No one wants Matt Carpenter, bro. Come on. You don't need more veteran presence on the Yankees. <laughs> like, that's not what is needed at that point. Like, the Braves, part of the reason I think that they play so well is because they're having fun. Like, it's it's a fun clubhouse. Like, everybody's – there's a lot of young guys in there. And so it's just a different environment than, like, the stuffy Yankees clubhouse, I think. Um yeah. Let's move on to the next guy, which is D.L. Hall. We've talked about him before because he did get called up. He got his one start, sent back down, then called up, you know, as soon as we got to September. He is number four, or sorry, number 64 on Itch's list. He's the number one pitching prospect for Baltimore. Um, his first game in the MLB wasn't great. No way. Is he? No, Grayson Rodriguez is number one. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, number two. Sorry, my bad. Um but Triple A this year, his actually numbers weren't phenomenal either. 4.7 ERA, 1.45 WHIP, 36% K rate, 14% walk rate. I mean, he is a volatile pitcher. He has a lot of of stuff to use. It just doesn't always find the plate, Gray. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what we said exactly when he got called up originally. We probably said something similar to that, though, because yeah, I mean, his command is so all over the place that. I mean, I wouldn't trust him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even trust him in an AL only, and in those leagues, like every, you, you basically roster everyone. So, I mean, I could see picking him up in AL only, maybe as a lottery ticket. But yeah, I, I'm, I wouldn't be excited about him anywhere. Um, and then, like next year, why? I mean, I don't really love rookie uh, pitchers to begin with. I think uh, you know. I think he's still. He's still like two years away, I think. Like he could, he could be good for moments next year. Like I, I kind of like think about like Hunter Green this year, where he's like he had good starts, he had some great starts even, like you know. But it's not like a every start kind of guy. And D.L. Hall looks like that. Like his command is just way too wonky to trust him. I wouldn't go anywhere near him. Yeah, and I actually just saw this news that they're actually calling up. He's going to be in, in relief, Gray. So he's not even going to be a starter. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, oh, yeah, he's he, we can kind of move on from him for this this year. But he is, I mean, the stuff is there. If you like kind of that high upside pitcher to take your shots on in your drafts for next year, D.L. Hall is one of those guys. And the fact that he's already getting the call up and he's, He's getting time in the majors is a good sign for next year. 
Um, but yes, not going to necessarily not going to need him for this year. Uh, let's move on to the Tigers, who called up Spitzer Torkelson and Ryan Kreidler. We don't really need to talk about Kreidler other than AL only and really deep AL only. So he's not really going to be that much uh, on many rosters. But let's talk talk about Spencer Torkelson. He was number five to start the year on Inches Prospect ranks. He's no longer ranked because he's not a rookie. But in his triple A triple A stint, he had 35 games, five home runs, one stolen base. Uh, 229, 348, 389. Not exactly pristine there either. Um, but last year we kind of saw what he can do in the minors. Maybe just a case small sample size or just him kind of being bored down there. In his 83 games in the majors, it was five home runs, 197. So it wasn't great in the majors either this year. He's just 22. So try and remember that. But how are how are you excited for his the the recall part two here, Gray? Oh uh, man, he is uh, he actually gives me a little bit of the shakes because <laughs> he was the guy who I grabbed in our and uh, me and Donkey we shared a main event team this year and uh, and and I drafted Spencer Torkelson over Julio Rodriguez. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was really bad, and that was it was uh, it was before we knew Julio Rodriguez was breaking uh, was yeah. breaking with the club. So I mean, it sounds really awful now, <laughs> and it was pretty bad at the time, but it was uh, less bad maybe. Uh, it was still pretty bad. I was uh, you know I was really in on Spencer Torkelson to start the year. I had him. Uh, I had him in that team that I just mentioned. I drafted him in a I drafted him in like two 12 team mixed leagues. I think I drafted him in our RCL. I, I was I was really I was really into Spencer Torkelson. Like if you see um now in retrospect this sounds ridiculous, but on uh, on fan on Fangraphs it says uh, he's arguably the best college hitter in the last decade. <laughs> like, and then you, and then you scroll down to his stats, and it's like, oh, he hit 197. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, he. You know, I think I want to say uh, I. I don't know exactly, but I'm pretty sure I read something that he uh, altered his swing a little bit. Like he took out. He took something out of his swing, like that was uh, messing with his timing. Um, this just pre, just like in the last couple of weeks, uh, being in the minors. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not interested in any leagues this year unless he's hitting. Like if he comes up and he starts hitting well, and he's getting you know everyday playing time and he's hitting. Then he's essentially, you know, like anyone who would be doing that. Like, you know, if uh, if Corey Dickerson is doing that, then it's no different, you know. So if he's a hot potato, then great. Um, so, but for next year, I don't know, man. He's going to be tough for me to get. Like, he's probably going to come really inexpensively in drafts. So there's at least that. I I think. I think I would probably be interested in a deeper league, and then you know sort of wait and see for shallower leagues. But yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to get totally in on him because like you said, unless we see something in September from him where he does look like a changed hitter, because like you said, like his numbers in the minors after getting demoted are still not good. Like he's still, something's wrong. Like I feel like, uh, Jared Klenick sneezed on him or something. <laughs> something <laughs> happened. Did the Tigers face the Mariners at some point? Because and Klenick sneezed on Torgelson because something's going on here where it's like Torgelson looks as broken as like Klenick, uh, who also like if we're thinking about like you know Jared Klenick, like he was, I mean he was a can't miss prospect too, and now people are like does he need a change of scenery, you know? So it's like Torkelson, like, I'm not saying Torkelson's broken, but things do happen to top prospects where they don't always pan out. So we'll see what happens with Torkelson, but I think I want to see something before I'm totally jumping back in. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking he could also kind of go the Alec Baum route where we expected him to really like come up to the majors and just start producing immediately. 
And instead of that, it's it's really going to be more of kind of a slow climb to fantasy usefulness. Um, still not sure Bomb is completely there in sh- in in shallower leagues, but like he's building, he's building there. Like he's building the power in. He's hitting for average right now. So if he can carry over the average and continue to build power, we will finally get a useful fantasy player next year. Uh, Torkelson may end up being that same way, where he has, kind of has to find it, find it piece by piece piece a little bit yeah no potentially i uh yeah no i think torkelson was you know um i mean he was really like he was as can't miss as they come and i mean as a guy who i just mentioned he was as can't miss as clinic (laughs) so i mean uh, yeah hopefully he's okay i mean hopefully he, he comes out of it he's got the uh he's got the downside of like if he's not hitting for uh, power and average, then he's not doing anything because he's he doesn't have any speed. Uh, obviously, he's just a he's a lunky first baseman who just you know. So he's got a he's got a hit for power and average, which he should, but he just hasn't yet. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'll probably be in on him just because I'm I'm just a sucker for post type sleepers. And like you said, the draft price should be fairly minimal next year, so should be. F- should be able to grab him up in the late, very late rounds. Uh, Jonathan Ronda got called up by the Rays, number 84 on Itch's list. Triple A this year in 104 games. He had 18 home runs, four stolen bases. He hit 318, 394, 521. He had 21.5% K rate, a 9.7% walk rate. Prospectinator has him down for 15 home runs, three stolen bases, and a 267 average. Jonathan Ronda with the Rays. Uh, what are you are you interested in Aranda more than Torkelson? I would assume, but are am I am I wrong? Uh, yeah, I mean you're not wrong. I I just don't I just don't know about the playing time. I don't think the playing time is necessarily completely there. I mean, if he's playing, then I'm I'm interested, but I don't know. I mean, the Rays like even a guy who seems like he would have everyday playing time. I worry with the Rays. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what to expect honestly from him from uh, from a playing time standpoint. He's got, I mean, he's got good tools. He should be good. He's got like you know, he's got a great hit tool. Like he could, he's one of the few guys who you can say like you know he should hit two ninety plus. And he's got like you know, he's got some power. He's stolen a few bases. He doesn't look like he has any real speed, but he. You know, he's got, I guess, he's he's stolen a couple bases in AAA. I don't think that's going to really carry over. But his power and his his average should carry over. It's just, I don't, like, who sits for Who sits every day so he plays? I don't know. I mean, no one I see, no one I see in their lineup is moving out of their lineup for him on an everyday basis. Like, here and there, sure, yeah. I mean, I could see, like, you know, uh, a uh, Paredes or a Choi or uh, Diaz or, you know, all those guys are benchable here and there for a day or two. But Arenada's got a – like, Jonathan Arenada doesn't have, like, an everyday spot in the lineup, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I don't know. I feel like he should play – like, he should play over G-Man Choi. He should probably play over – uh, Taylor Walls, if you can move Paredes over, um, but I, again, I don't know if he—he should probably hit over Harold Ramirez just for just to get him the at bats. I just don't know if it's going to actually happen. Um, so I am with yeah, you because it's the Rays know. and the Rays. <laughs> yeah. Like to to earn full time playing time with the Rays, you have to be just a complete stud, and like he's just not there yet. No, exactly. Yeah, I mean. Honestly, it's kind of surprising that anyone ever breaks out with the Rays. <laughs> I don't know how Randy a- a Rosarina had to have that huge uh, playoffs um, playoffs in uh, what was it, 2020? Uh, he had to have those like insane September and the playoffs. Otherwise, he wouldn't have played in 2021. <laughs> it was like without without those playoffs from him, where he was just like the hottest bat in the majors for like three weeks, <laughs> he would have never have stayed in the lineup the next year. And, you know, and then he stayed in it 
and he kept and he kept doing what he was doing. So that, you know, Kevin Cash was like, oh, you know, he's like, it's just so fluky. Like if so, if Jonathan Arenada, if he gets like, you know, if he gets crazy hot in September, maybe he finds himself in the lineup every day and he works his way into it. But no one coming up is going to get everyday playing time for the, for the Rays. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. I, again, I would take him over Torkelson for this year for next year. I I'd probably, well, also, I'd probably like, flip also like, if you think about like no one gets playing time for the Rays, and then Kevin cash gives Taylor walls playing everyday playing time. I know. It's like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, not to interrupt. What are you saying? Oh, I was just saying I, I, for this year, I would take Aranda even with the playing time concerns over Torkelson. For next year, I may swap them just because I think if they're going to start Torkelson up next year, he's going to have full playing time. And again, I don't know when Aranda is going to finally be handed that opportunity, um, especially, you know, Brandon Lowe, if, if he's coming back, uh, he'll be back at second base filling one of those spots. Moving on to the next prospect, which is Hunter Brown. He got called up by the Astros. Now, he's he's likely a top 100 on most lists, maybe even like a top 50 or 60 on most lists. But because Itch is a full 10 staff, there is no such thing as a pitching prospect. He doesn't make Itch's top 100. However, in AAA this year, Hunter Brown had a 2.55 ERA, a 108 whip in 106 innings. He had a 31.5% K rate, 10.5% walk rate. Uh, the walks and the control has always been the issue for him kind of at every stop. Plus velocity, plus curve, a, a slider that is a good enough uh, maybe even above average. The prospect enter has him for a 387 ERA, a 137 whip, 8.6 K per nine, and a four walk per nine. Uh, the only number I, I don't really believe in that is is maybe the, the K per nine. I feel like that's even low for him, uh, whereas the ERA may, may need to bump up a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, potentially. I, you know, it's... It's funny because, like, everything the Astros touch just gets better. <laughs> everything. Like, they're, they're guy, there's guys on their team. Like, Framber Valdez was, like, in AAA, uh, or actually in AA, he was a four-plus ERA guy. Uh, Framber Valdez, that is. And, you know, and there's a, a few guys here. Like, I'm looking at, like, the Astros rotation. Uh, Luis Garcia, I mean, they get so much out of these guys, <laughs> so much more than I think anyone really expects. So I don't know. I mean, maybe next year for this year, I don't even know what Hunter Brown's role is. I mean, he might get a uh, he might get a start or two just so they rest Javier and because Verlander is out with a phantom injury. So maybe Hunter Brown gets a start here or there. But you know, I, I think Hunter Brown, he might be – he might not make the rotation next year out of uh, camp, but he could potentially – like, he's he looks like he's got great stuff. Like, he's got really good velocity, and he's got a nasty curve. I, I'm kind of interested in him for, like, deeper leagues next year. For maybe AL only. For keepers, for sure. I Yeah, this year – I wouldn't be surprised if we get less than, I want to say, 15 innings from him this year. I mean, maybe 20 at the most. I, I don't think we're going to get anything from him. Yeah, I would expect a spot start or two and then mostly in the bullpen for Hunter Brown. Unfortunately, at the end of the year, a lot of these young pitchers don't have the innings built up on their arm to continue throwing starts, and, and a lot of rotations are set. So, uh, yeah, we'll probably only get to see small sample size of Hunter Brown, but I will say I think... Like, if he can get the the walks and the command under control a little bit, I think he could kind of be next year's Spencer Strider, where, like, maybe not drafted as a guy that's going to be a, a top pitcher, but just kind of shows up and, and just puts up numbers start to start because the stuff is that nasty. Um, and then, especially early on in the majors, you can sometimes, sometimes get away with a lack of control because guys don't know not to chase your, your curve or your slider out of the zone yet. Right. Yeah, no, completely. I was also, um, uh, to my point earlier, I was looking at Luis Garcia's prospect numbers, and, uh, and he looked terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did not look great. I, I, I'm not saying he's, like, you know, the best pitcher now, but he's a totally usable 
fantasy starter, let alone a regular starter. Like, he's been totally fine. And, like, Jose Urquidy, like, I don't know. I mean, he was a little bit better um, thought of in the minor leagues, but not even that well thought of. Like, he still had a four-plus ERA. Urquidy, that is. He had a four-plus ERA in the minors, too. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, different guys. It doesn't, you know, what – Urquidy and Garcia and Framber did don't necessarily doesn't necessarily matter for what uh, Hunter Brown's going to do. But I'm just saying you never know with these pitching prospects and the Astros really seem to coach guys up. So, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it didn't necessarily work for Mark Appel, who who was the 101. So, yes, they, uh, there yeah. are hits and misses in every organization. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a throwback. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about Arcadia, I think they were drafted in the same year, or right around the same year. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spencer Steers, our next guy across 35 games at AA, uh, 48 games at AAA for Minnesota, and 23 games at AAA for Cincinnati. He had 23 home runs, four stolen bases. He hit 274, 364, and 515. Since joining the Reds, he's hitting close to closer to 300. He's hitting 293. Uh, he's not in Itch's top 100 Without putting words in Itch's mouth, I would guess he makes the next set of 25, though. Uh, Prospectinator actually has him for 22 home runs, four stolen bases, and a 243 average. So actually has the, the Prospectinator likes Steer a little bit comparatively to where he fits in amongst kind of the prospect rankings in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Actually, I was looking at Spencer Steer today's and uh, my NL only keeper. I was looking uh, to find Spencer Steer on uh, waivers, and uh, I found out that uh, Laura, our uh, waiver wire writer, uh, <laughs> she got him. <laughs> she got him. Right, she got him yesterday. So yeah, I was a day late on that. Um, yeah, I. You know, I think so. Oh, so with that said, so Spencer Steer's going to turn into an all star because everything Laura touches is great. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how she does it. She's always she beats me every year in our keeper league. I'll I'll, I'll be honest with you. It hasn't been a great run for me in our keeper in my keeper. Um. Anyway, yeah. I mean, you know, Spencer Steer is uh like because he doesn't really have like huge power or huge speed, it'll be interesting to see what he does because, like, he is, uh, you know, he's one of those guys where I, I do think, like, Great American Park is, like, you know, Great American Ballpark is so good for power that it he his power could play up in there, so that could help him. But the guys that are, you know, the guys who don't really hit for great power and, and who don't have amazing speed and who have, like, okay average they're usually kind of forgotten uh in for the most part in uh in fantasy in shallower leagues for sure in deeper leagues he's if he's got everyday playing time then it becomes more interesting but he's not really like he doesn't really have like jump off the page type numbers for any any one category he's kind of like he's he's oh he's decent across the board but not really great anywhere. Um, as of right now, it looks like he's playing over Jose Barrio for the Reds. Like it looks like he's taking over, taking over uh, Jose Barrio's job. Um, which uh, Jose Barrio is another. He's an, he's another whole story with the Reds. Like whatever they did to him, man. I mean, he should have been up two years ago. They let him you know, flounder in the minors. And now he seems like he's unhappy and he's not hitting with the reds when he was like, he was as can't miss as can be too. Jose Barrio is supposed to be so good. Uh, anyway, uh, Spencer steer seems okay. He seems really good for NL only and kind of like, nah, for mixed leagues. Like if it's a deep enough league and steer is playing every day, then it's okay. Then it's fine. I mean, then you could like, you know, you can sort of justify it because of counting stats. But yeah, I mean, he's he he's not really like that exciting. Yeah, it, it looks like at least by projections, he's supposed to slot in the bottom of the Reds lineup. 
the Reds lineup is uh, iffy, you know, maybe maybe average at best, and maybe that's only because of their ballpark. So I, I think in kind of standard leagues, he is pretty much, you know, streamable, and that's it. That's at best. Um, yeah, in all only leagues, grab him. Be more interested next year if he's getting kind of full playing time and see where he slots in in the lineup because really what you're getting out of him is is a little bit of average and a little bit of power and neither of those are are necessarily things that are going to show up in a small sample size like the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's move on to Ken Waldachuk uh, across Double A and Triple this Triple A this year for the Yankees and now Oakland. He had 95 innings, 284 ERA, a 1158 whip, a 13K per nine, a 3.4 walk per nine. Uh, he's been above a 30% K rate at each stop except for a small sample size in Oakland so far, which is 18 and two-thirds innings. Uh, he went four and two-thirds with one earned run, six Ks and four walks in his first start. The prospectinator has him down for a 392 ERA, a 1-3 whip, 9K per nine, and a 3-7 walk per nine. What do you think about Ken Waldachuk? Are you interested, more interested in him than any of the other pitching prospects we've talked about today? Uh, no, no, nope. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I, I actually, I watched him uh, pitch uh, the other day. Uh, I want to say, is it Thursday? I don't know. Anyway, I watched him pitch, and uh, I watched the A's versus the Nats game. So you know, <laughs> for that alone. I should deserve an award. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, so I watched him, and I wonder if um, I might. So I only watched him for four innings. So you know, take it or leave it. What I'm going to say, but he really couldn't find the plate when he needed to. Like he was really wild. Um, not, not really like fooling anyone. Wild too. I don't know. It would be interesting to see. It, that could be just like the four innings and and nothing else. And, you know, he could have – he can go on to have a great career. He could even be good in his next start. You know, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just such a small sample size. But what I saw was a guy who wasn't fooling really anyone um, with his, like, all his pitches outside, uh, like, uh, off the plate. Like, everything that was off the plate, no, no one on the Nationals was really biting on it. And that's the – you know, that's the Nats. So – that's mm, not that's not great uh but yeah i mean like i said i mean that's only four innings and uh but for in the big picture uh for him i wouldn't even i wouldn't go near him even if it was a good matchup like the nats matchup like uh you know he couldn't go five innings versus the nats i don't trust him for this year at all i wouldn't go near him in any league this year next year yeah, I mean, he's kind of interesting for next year because if the if the A's are going to have him in the rotation, I, I mean, more or less a, a probably more of an AL only guy for next year. But I could see deeper leagues potentially. You know, I mean, if he figures it out, his uh, his fastball was decent. Not it didn't blow me away, but it was it was decent. I mean, he definitely had a few pitches where like his change looked good. Um, so, yeah, next year maybe. This year I wouldn't go near him. Yeah, and his next start is um, at or home for Atlanta. That's that's one where you're definitely not going to let him go out there. Uh, so I would say monitor that start and see how it goes. I'm, I am I think I'm a little bit higher on him maybe than you are for, for the rest of this year just because he's the maybe the one of the only pitchers we've talked about so far that actually has a spot in the rotation uh, potentially just – you know, that's uh, that's maybe the one thing that's hanging in his favor the most. But, you know, it's also a favorable park for him as well. So uh, maybe not as scared, but again, not starting him versus Atlanta, which means you're only going to get like two more starts out of him anyways. So probably not worth your roster spot at this point. Um, Yainir Diaz, 57 games at AAA, nine home runs, 316 average. 48 games, so less games at AAA. He has more home runs. He had 60 home runs. He's still at 294. It's impressive numbers. He He's a catcher. He also played some first base, left field, right field, and DH'd a little bit this year in the minors. Prospecting there has him down for 20 home runs, two stolen bases, and a 254 average. Let's talk about your favorite subject in the world, Gray, prospect catchers. 
<laughs> I I actually really like this guy. I added him into our outline uh, for this podcast. I I'm a fan of Yanier Diaz. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to play enough this year. The thing with this year is, I think uh, if you were Don Alvarez, is if his hand is bothering him, then I could see uh, Yanier Diaz potentially getting some playing time at DH, and he's got catcher eligibility. I, I mean, he looks really good. Um, like his, he's got huge power, and he makes really good contact. I uh, yeah, I'm kind of interested in him. Next year, it'll depend on what the Astros do in the offseason. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I don't even know Maldonado's deal. Um, if Maldonado's back, which the Astros seem to love Maldonado, or I don't know Vasquez's deal. I don't, I don't know any of their deals. I don't know if Yanir Diaz is going to be back uh, as, like, if he's going to be as the catcher or if he's going to be a backup catcher or he's going to be back in the minors. I have no clue. But... I'm kind of interested in him in uh, in super deep leagues. I don't know. I'll be I'll be watching him in the uh, in off season. He could be a guy who like you take a flyer on him in the very last round of a 50, uh, 50 round like a draft champions like a fifty round draft and hold. You take a a flyer on him in you know November December of this year. And then he somehow sneaks into playing time next year. I mean, he could be as good as like what we saw with William Contreras this year. So I don't know. So it's a name to keep on the, uh, you know, the back burner. Yeah, I mean, I I like the the thought there, and I think there's there's actually going to be a lot of playing time potentially opening up for him because um, both Maldonado and uh, Vasquez are free agents after this year. Um, Guriel is also going to be a free agent after this year. And I believe, I believe there's a, an option on Altuve's contract as well. Um, so there's all sorts of places where he could potentially kind of fall into playing time. And then he can always slot in and left field. If, if him and Jordan kind of go back and forth from, from DH and left field, uh, since just about anybody could play left field in, in Houston. Yeah. Yeah, I could see getting to next March and people starting to be like, Yanier Diaz has got catcher eligibility and he's going to DH and play the outfield. And like, I could see his draft price going up next March uh, in like, you know, deeper leagues where, you know, we're we're telling you about in September. So (laughs) just, uh, you know, put that one on your watch list. Pay attention. Uh, Trey Mancini's still there, and he's pretty much the only other like first base DH option other than him and in, Jordan. In, uh, so hopefully, hopefully Yanier Diaz doesn't lose catcher eligibility in September by only playing like DH. Yeah, or something. I don't think he will just because the the yeah he still played I think mostly catcher here um, in the minors. But yes, hopefully he doesn't ruin it his, his eligibility by. By getting called up at the end of the season. Uh, all right, Gary, one more guy, and it's it really going to talk about him quickly because we are running against an hour here. But we've already also talked about him, so that's why I think we can go ahead and just discuss it real quick. That's Estuary Ruiz. This is call-up part two for him. In AAA this year, he's between San Diego and Milwaukee. He hit 332, 450, 523 with 13 home runs and 70 stolen bases. Yes, 7-0. I <laughs> what I did. I did that when I was uh, looking up Estuary uh, Ruiz. I uh, I looked at like the numbers on his stat sheet, and I was like, well, he's got 37 steals in 2022, and then he's got 23 steals in, wait, that's still 2022. <laughs> and then I went to the next line. I was like, wait, he's got 10 steals, and that's still 2022. Does he have 70 steals this year? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. How many leagues could I pick him up in? <laughs> 70 steals? What? Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, sorry, I, I cut you off. Oh, you no, saying... I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, 70 steals is just. That's, that's it, man. That, that's right? it. I mean, that's it. Like you're looking at that, and you're like, 
well, that's got to be different years. Is there a typo? Is it is that 2019 and then 2021 and then 2022? No. No, those are the same years. He's got 70 steals across three different teams in the minor leagues this year. <laughs> what? Dude. What? That's, uh, that's absurd, Gray. Ah. Yeah, that's really that's really absurd. If you so, need speed, go pick up Estuary Reese. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. That's all we got for you here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you need speed, also, if he's able to get playing time, he's a guy who I'm like, give me give me him in like the final rounds of a draft Champions League too. Like, imagine he breaks camp, like you know, because they got right now they have Jace Peterson, who's like you know obviously. He's Jace Peterson, so that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, no offense, but Jace Peterson ain't helping you anywhere. So, I mean, if Estuary Ruiz, uh, Ruiz, if he gets everyday playing time, like, in April of next year, whoa, dude, talk about a guy who you can get in the last round right now in, like, a draft Champions League and who could potentially steal, like, 40-plus bags next year. Oh, give me that. Give me that guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yes, we'll see where he spots in in the lineup. It, it's kind of a, a, a filled lineup right now. He's going to have to, you know, just piece his way through oh. it. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. He also had 13 homers. <laughs> Dude, what? And he had a three. And he had a 350 average or something. I mean, this guy is like, I mean, he is catnip for fantasy baseball uh, <laughs> it's like in, insane numbers 13 homers 70 steals and a 332 average what ah give it to me please yeah that's uh it's just absolutely absurd numbers so hopefully i mean maybe he'll finally give us the season we thought we were getting from alberto Mondesi every year <laughs> no, no, don't put that on him don't put that Ugly, bad juju on him. Do not do that to him. Oh, yeah. So we'll see. I, I think the biggest thing is, like, where is he going to play? Because Garrett Mitchell's up. Yelich is under contract for the next 35 years or whatever the hell it is. Um, Hunter Renfro's been just fine, and he's under contract next year. Rowdy Tellez is back next year. So, like, uh, I mean, I just don't. Maybe he learns first. somebody learns first base. Um, and... and <laughs> First base, a seventy steal. Well, first no, base not him. Man. Somebody else. Somebody else on the team learns first base. Oh, Christian Yelich's oh, okay. old yeah. ass can move to first base, and now that he's terrible. Uh, oh my god! I thought you no, were saying please Ruiz no. at first. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine your first baseman in fantasy can steal seventy bags. You're like, oh my god! Oh, no. yeah, yeah. Just uh, that'd be a waste of speed in the outfield, though. Um, all right, great. We're like I said, we're getting a little long here. Bullpen news hasn't really changed, as we mentioned. We we talked to get like three days ago. So, how about some waiver guys, though? That's always useful. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Gavin Sheets has been hot. A uh, guy who I mentioned earlier, Yandi Diaz, he's been hot. Um, Bubba Thompson, talking about speed. Bubba Thompson can steal some bases, and he's also been. Uh, getting on base in order to steal those bases. So that's been good. Uh, Manny Margot, who we didn't mention over there with Tam- when we were talking about Tampa, but he's also a guy who's been like, you know, once he's healthy, he's actually been playing just about every day. So that's been good. And another guy who I mentioned earlier, uh, Corey Dickerson, he's been hot for, uh, you know, about a week now. So I don't know. By the time people hear this podcast, he may not be hot anymore, <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, those, there's some names that are potential. Um, you know, I uh, also oh uh, Nick Gordon too, which so is random. random, very random. Yeah, but he's been he's, he's actually been, been like solid for most of the year. Surprisingly, like I, I have him in a deeper league, and like he's every time I look to go, I'm like, oh Nick Gordon, I got to go cut him, and I'm like, what's he been doing? And it's like, oh, he's actually he's actually okay. Still, um, and one of the guys who a long time ago earned playing time with the Rays, Evan Longoria is back, and he's actually been okay as well. Um, on the pitching side, Dean Kramer, uh, Drew Smiley, Dre- Jeffrey Springs, Justin Steele's coming back. Um, Kyle Bradish had a, had another solid start. 
Um, and Dane Dunning, uh, who's kind of been on and off all year from this waiver list because he's kind of on and off as himself. But when he has good matchups, I really don't mind throwing Dane Dunning. He's been very solid in good matchups. Uh, Mike Soroka is coming back. Um, Matthew Boyd, name from the from the random ether, is actually, I believe, getting a call up <laughs> as well. So just a couple of, of random names for you to potentially look out for as we enter the deep parts of the season. And we, we're really looking to stream those starts. All right. As always, if you have specific comments, come find us on Twitter. I am at RazBedon. Gray is, of course, the at RazBall account. You can also go to the post on RazBall, or you can go out to the YouTube.com slash RazBallFantasy, where this show will be up tonight on Friday, so you can actually watch it and get all this information, and you can hit us in the comments there as well. And uh, until we talk to you next time, good luck in all your matchups here in September. We gotta, we gotta get them going, Greg. It's uh, running out of time. <laughs> yep. See you, man. Late. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.